Hello everyone and welcome to the Talk Music Podcast, where we chat everything and anything related to the world of music and occasionally focus on topics a little bit unrelated. My name is Scott Cowie. I am a drummer turned comedy singer-songwriter and apparently now a podcaster. You're going to hear me chat to many different people, but more often than not, it will be fellow musicians having conversations about their careers and lives within, arguably, the greatest art form in the world. And you get this for free each and every week on scottcowie.com, on Stitcher Radio, and now on iTunes. So please rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, let them know what's going on over here. But for now, enjoy the show. Guest this week on the podcast, the legendary George Clinton. The man has had such a considerable influence on the history of not only hip-hop music, but music in general. Everybody from Dr. Dre to Bootsy Collins, Saint this guy, an incredible influence on their career and many others. One of my heroes, as it happens, George Clinton. It's going to be a good one. Before we get to the interview with George, I'm joined now by my co-host... Awesome singer-songwriter, Tony Etherson. How are we, Tony? I'm great, thanks. Now, you've been really, really busy over the past year. Always the things. You're making an album at the moment, but <laughs> we're going to talk about 2014, first of all, because right. not only was it a big year for you, it was a big year for Scotland. You were right at the heart of the whole, how can we put it, campaign? Yeah. The, the, the thing that swept the nation. <laughs> yeah. You were in George's Square. So first, first of all, um, the album's coming up. We're going to talk about that, but let's talk about George's Square, everything to do with the lead up to it. It was amazing, to be fair. Um, I think the lead up to it was amazing, obviously. It was kind of, it was post-referendum, so it the actual event itself was after the vote had been cast. Um, obviously, as you know yourself, in Glasgow, the whole atmosphere was just immense. That whole few months leading up to that I had not long get back from living in Australia as well which was amazing to come home to a city that was just buzzing and vibrant it was it was a great feeling and I came back at the right time I think um and then obviously um we didn't get our independence this time but um as a result of that there was a gig hosted in George Square and it was called Independence Square for the day um just a whole day of music and speakers and people just gathered there to celebrate even to let to, just to celebrate the fact that Glasgow was awake again for such uh, for ha, after such a long time. Sorry. How many? There was thousands and thousands of people there. How many oh, yeah. do we know roughly? It, by the end of the day, they counted it was about twelve thousand. Um, I I played right at the peak of the day, which was about one in the afternoon. There was a ten thousand audience at that point in time. So that's pretty cool, man. I know, I know, man. Oh my god! It wasn't just that. It was the fact that it was such a sunny day. Everyone, you could feel the atmosphere, it was amazing. Um, when I went on stage, I sang a few original songs and Caledonia, which is obviously a favourite of anyone who's Scottish. Um, so when I sang that song, the entire crowd were singing it with me and all the saltire flags were in the air and people were climbing on the, the statues in George Square. Just to look out onto that um, was just uh, like breathtaking, really. Excellent. Now, Easter Monday... Uh-huh. around the corner and you've got a video coming up tell us all about that i do so on easter monday um the official music video for my next single will be released uh, the single is called turn back to love um i wrote the song maybe a year and a half ago now i wrote it when i was in australia um 
So the song means a lot to me and the idea that it's finally being launched and the video is going to be released, um, I'm really looking forward to it. So Monday, Easter Monday, finally after a year and a half, it's going to be released. I didn't know what, right, you were in Australia. Were you gigging there? What were you doing? Yeah, I um, went out there to find myself, I guess. <laughs> find myself, is Excellent. that what I was going to say? Um, yeah, I just needed a change, man. I was so done with um, mundane reality. Everyone just chasing the Kardashians and wanting to be, you know, the next best thing and have all the materialistic stuff. I was so over it. I was like, mm, don't really know if I can keep going this way. Um, songwriting was becoming a bit naff and I was just getting a bit fed up so I thought I need a change man I need to see something different so I went to Australia <laughs> I decided I'll just go to the other side of the world <laughs> Right so for anything that's not like I do music how would, mm-hmm. you, how would you describe it? Um, I'd definitely say that you can tell there's a, a kind of influence of Joni Mitchell there um, um, anything from yeah Joni Mitchell right up to Oasis um, in terms of the song structure and even as I'm developing as an artist now, what I'm writing, there's even um, sort of underlying tones of sort of hip hop music there. So I was going to say that you can you can definitely tell that with a lot of the songs. Plus, for anybody that doesn't know, we we did a we rocked a house down, we didn't we? Did, a couple man. of weeks ago, Killed we played. Um, where did we play again? It my was, memory's terrible. <laughs> it was the record factory in Byers Road, and I was playing the drums. Mm-hmm. I was bringing my hip hop influence because I'm from Airdrie, Detroit. That's um, it. <laughs> so um, straight up, and there's another gig coming up, and mm-hmm. I'm terrible at this. You're better at doing the whole I'll promotion do that. thing. He just rocks up and plays the drums, everybody. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's on uh, Byers Road again. The Hill. It's called the Hill. Um, this is going to be a nice gig. We stripped back, sort of acoustic, while people are eating some food and relaxing. So it's on a Sunday night, the 29th. Um, it's going to be good. Looking forward to it. This coming Sunday, 29th of March, if you're listening to the podcast afterwards, you missed the most amazing gig ever on the 29th. I know. If you're listening to it beforehand, come and check us out. We're playing at the Hill, Byers Road. And it is how much to get in? It's free entry, actually. It's free entry. Why wouldn't you come? From 6pm onwards, you can, you can eat enjoy some nice cocktails while you listen to our epic tunage hip hop <laughs> oh yeah it's gonna get so hip hop we haven't discussed a potential rehearsal for that we'll no. get around to it mm-hmm. we might just freestyle it who knows right okay <laughs> um we're covering quite a lot here because with your easter monday video the gig coming up on the 29th you're mm-hmm. doing the album tell us about that the album is called the bright sides album i have pretty much got enough material for maybe four albums but the Bright Side is the first album I've ever written. Um, started it years ago, finished it when I got to Australia. And then the last few songs on the album for me are the songs I wrote when I got back. So Born in the Wrong Generation, which is a single of mine that I released independently. And um, I think there's a few other ones in there. But yeah, the Bright Side album, it's, been, it's just a bit of a journey, really. It's kind of... Um, the concept beneath it is that you no know, one's life is perfect, I don't believe. I'd like to meet someone who tells me that they never have a down day because I don't believe it. Um, but life's so much easier if you can see the bright side, regardless of how small it might be. So I just think if you can remember that wee concept every day, you're just having a much better day, which is my album. It's called The Bright Sides and hopefully it's a bit of an emotional journey. Like People will have the songs that will lift them and they'll have the songs they might relate to emotionally as well. Um, but overall, I just want to push the message of just like smiling, man. It's a natural antidepressant. And hopefully the, the album can push that out. When the album goes berserk and sells millions and yeah. you get the opportunity to collaborate with whoever you want to collaborate with, who would that person be? Oh, wow. What a question. That's a, um, Ben Howard. Right, okay. Um, James Bay. 
Mitchell. Yeah, Joni Mitchell. <laughs> Joni Mitchell. Joni, if you're listening, can, can I know you're regularly <laughs> listening. Uh, do listen to my podcast on scottcowie.com and, of course, on iTunes as well. I bet you've subscribed on your phone, Joni, um, yeah. and you're getting all the podcasts each and every week. Tony's up for doing a collaboration. Please, um, she's very, very busy, you. so get in touch. Um, um, yeah, so and I would also make... just one last minute. Sorry, Joni, no, no offence to cut in there. Stevie Nicks, if you're out there. <laughs> Anybody? Any, no, but there, I just like to, to mention but a few. There you go. Excellent. Right, well, we're going to, first of all, how cool is it to be in an interview and be in a podcast with George Clinton? Wow, amazing moment for me, if I'm going to be honest. A lot of very jealous friends out there right. who wish it, it could be them. Are you going to name any of them so you can rub it in their face? Uh, no? no, don't give them press. No. Just allow them to be jealous. Ross Cooney, I know that you wish you were me right now. <laughs> Big fan. Big yeah, fan. I mean, Parliament Funkadelic, George Clinton is the man. Such a massive influence in, in hip-hop, as we were speaking about hip-hop, to oh, be totally. serious. Um, Dr. Dre has sampled so much of his stuff. It's just incredible. So we're going to cut right to the interview right now. Okay, I am back on the Talk Music Podcast with none other than George Clinton. How are you, sir? I've been deeply, deep ticked, and I got my rabies shot, and I'm ready to bury the bone. <laughs> are you looking forward to the tour you've got coming up, George? You've got some UK dates in there. Are you looking forward to it? I'm looking forward to it, yes. Um, now, you've got quite a history with Glasgow. The Glasgow show last year was absolutely brilliant, um, so no doubt that's a date that... Um, They'll be on the cards for quite a, a, a rowdy reaction. Have you found that the Glasgow crowds are are, are um, some of the most upbeat in the UK? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Superb. Now, take us back, George. Um, obviously, Funkadelic, um, great band and a hugely influential group. But can you tell us some of the influences that started off Funkadelic? When we first started doing Funkadelic back in the early days, when we started, you know, changing from Parliament to Funkadelic, I guess it would have been, you know, the um, the English invasion of, you know, rock and roll, you know, Cream, Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, um, uh, all of that stuff, Spooky Tooth, all of that stuff, used to, I used to listen to them, the Beatles, and... And we was already doing Parliament doo-wop, so it was time to change from Motown to something psychedelic. So I guess it would have been, like I said, those groups, Cream and all that, and along with a group from the States, Vanilla Fudge. We used to play with them a lot. So they had a big influence on us changing from doo-wop, you know, to um, rock and roll, you know, Funkadelic style, Maggie Brain and all of that. Excellent. I'm glad you mentioned Vanilla Fudge there. They were a great band because Carmen APC is an amazing drummer. Oh, yeah. They, they, that, that group right there was like one of the funkiest group, even though it was a rock rock band with, with the sound. That all the songs they picked, you know, like You Keep Me Hanging On, The People Get Ready, R&B songs done really slow. You know, so that was a brand new style of R&B for me. You know, not, it wasn't fast rock and roll, but it sounded like rock and roll because they used the Marshall amps. Matter of fact, we used their amps for the first time. That's what changed us into, you know, a loud funkadelic. Wow. Now, another band that you mentioned there was, of course, Cream. Can you remember the first time that you heard the band Cream, George? You know, when when we had a testify was a hit, and I think Sergeant Pepper came out. I realized, okay, this is something from Europe. 
you know, this is a whole new thing. You know, I knew Jimmy from before. I went to the store to buy, you know, the, the Jimi Hendrix uh, Are You Experience? And when I got that, I listened to all the stuff that people was playing over in the store, and, and everybody was buying. I bought Disraeli Gears, Fresh Cream, Sly Stone, a whole new thing. Um, uh, and uh, all of those, uh, and Jimi Hendrix, Access uh, Bold Love, and All You Experience. I bought them all at the same time. And I heard, you know, um, it's getting near dark. Dun, dun, dun. And all of that, that one day, I got an uh, overload of rock and roll. I got them all at the same time, went home and played them for about two weeks <laughs> without stopping. <laughs> now tell us what Jimi Hendrix was like to hang about with in the 60s Say that again Did you mention there that you got a chance to hang about with Jimi Hendrix in those days? That would have been 67 at the Cheetah uh, the, 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 Remember the, um, the Chamber Brothers they, they were playing there and Jimi was there And they were doing a... Um, a, a rehearsal for the the, the uh, play Hair. It hadn't even came, hadn't even been, you know, put together yet. They were still rehearsing it, and Jimmy was there, and the, the, the Chamber Brothers was playing. So that would have that would have been, yeah, sixty-seven. Wow, superb! Um, such such an amazing influence in, in music in general. Jimi Hendrix, he was phenomenal. Now, another guy that I really want to talk to you about, Bootsy Collins. How did you meet Bootsy? Um, you know, being in Detroit, one of the girls from Parlette, Malia, who had been hanging around with us since she was like twelve, you know, had just graduated and was you know beginning to record with us. We did tear the roof off and all of that. And um, she said, I want you to meet somebody. They look just like you. And I guess Boots and him had just left James. And she brought him around and we met. And uh, they looked like us. And we tried, tried him with Funkadelic. But he, he, was, he was a personality. He had to have his own group. So that would have been in 70. Yeah. Excellent. So you started producing Bootsy Collins. What was that like? Oh, that was that was fresh. That was a good feeling because he helped me do the Parliament album, which was up for the down in Chocolate City, and I helped him do Stretching Out in a Rubber Band. It was a nice trade-off, and we had a good time doing it. Cause, you know, like I said, he was from James Brown, so taking what he was doing with James and mixing it with Parliament, Motown style and rock and roll style. We were able to come up with um, a new a new thing. Now, one one person that you've cited as a massive influence in yourself is Oscar Brown Jr. Can you tell us about what you think of Oscar? Oh, I, um, hey, Daddy, what that there and going there? Uh, I think that was one of the slickest. Funky's records, even though it was a jazz record, it was so slick and funky. You know that um, I just thought that, that he was so, you know, such a. I, re, I didn't realize too much later that that was actually jazz music. So that gave me that whole idea of talking on records. Sly used to play it a lot. And then, 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 
they didn't, you know, <laughs> that was just a funky record, Oscar Brown. And Bernie liked him a lot, Bernie Worrell. Yeah, yeah, he's a great, great artist. I'm talking to George Clinton on the Top Music Podcast, but right here, right now, Tony Etherson, singer-songwriter extraordinaire, is going to tell you about all the people that have been on this podcast to entice you to go on and download and donate. Give us your money. Please give us your money. And scottcowie.com, you can donate, help contribute to this podcast, make this thing better by helping support independent music by giving me your money. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to read out the first 10. Glenn Matlock from the Sex Pistols, Huey Morgan, Sandy Tom, Brian Ray, Orianti, Bob Jacobs, Dr. Phil Toll, Graham Clark from Wet Wet Wet, Andy McKee, Steve Craddock. Cliff Goldmasher, Stevie White, Martin Taylor, MBE. Stephen Copeland, and Weasel Zappa, Martin Harley, Julian Lennon, Carol Kay. Um, so many, there's far too many. And I'm go. trying to scroll down on the mic as we do this. There's just so many. We've got uh, Thomas Lang, Rhonda Smith, Glenn Sobel, Graham Clark. Who else we got on here? Divinity Rocks as well, man. Uh, Larry Graham, Newton Faulkner, and Jack Bruce. Uh, Austin Duffer, we've got Vivarama, Warden Hort, Jeff Friedel, oh, excuse me. Uh, Ted McKenna, Steve God, Dan Wilson. Oh, the list goes on and on. Norman Watt, Roy, Peter Erskine, JG Gilmer, Norris Germain, Lights. Bizarre from D12, The Little Comets, Chris Jericho, Jacoby Shraddox from Papa Roach. Can you believe that? Check them all out, scottcowie.com, available on iTunes, subscribe, Stitcher Radio. And on this episode right here, right now, we're going to get back to the interview with George Clinton. Remember and donate on scottcowie.com too. Now, back onto your production, uh, another band uh, that you've that you've produced, uh, obviously the Freaky Steli album, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, I'm desperate to know about this. Tell us about producing that album and working with the guys. Oh, that was fun. I mean, they were kids, they were kids and friends of my son, Tracy, back in L.A. You know, he went to Hollywood High, too. And um, they came by, I met them, and they asked me, you know, because I, I always thought that it would be a group from... Manchester or uh, Birmingham that would end up being uh, making funk a pop a word. You know, I thought it was going to do like rock and roll did in the early 60s and it was going to come from Europe. And so I said that in an interview somewhere. And Anthony came to me and said, Why do it have to come from over there? Why can't it be here? I said, Well, if you come by my house and we listen, take a listen and see what you got, we enjoy it. And so he was say, oh, great, him and Flea came out. And then two or three weeks later, the group came out, and they stayed a month. Wow. And Freaky Style, it was so much fun. That the Funkadelic and Parliament, everybody was enjoying them, you know, because they, they had a pretty hot name around, around the, um, you know, L.A. already, you know. So we got, got a chance to know them, and became part of the family, and still is. What was your first impressions of Flea? Oh, Flea, it, it, you know, I knew, I can see right away, first of all, he's a real good bass player. He was, I mean, he's like jazzy inclined, you know, was his thing. But they like to do what we call throw off, pretend that you can't play so, they, so you can get away with playing rock and roll. Rock and roll, you had to be like minus. You, you couldn't be too slick. Only one they got away with being slick was the Grateful Dead and the Rolling Stones. Everybody else try to, you know, get slicker. Those two treasured the art of being, you know, simplistic rock and roll. And the Chip, Chili Peppers was trying to do that, but they had too much. They have too much music, musicianship in them. You know, LL, every once in a while he plays a solo. They were so slick, 
Then he wanted to erase it because he didn't want people to know he played like that. <laughs> he wanted to play really just simple tinkety tink, you know, which was a punk thing, which worked good if you could maintain it. And they they've been able to do both of them. Wow. Now tell us about your songwriting process. What comes first? Is it bass lines? Do you come up with lyrics first? How does it all come about? Any kind of way. All kind of ways. I, I did, back in the old days, we did it, the vocals, I mean the lyrics and the melody first. So I learned from the Motown standpoint. But then after you get into the 80s and 90s, when they start calling it making beats and to learn how to make a song with a track that didn't go anywhere, with just loops. And so I learned that too, so I can do it either way now. Some of my favourite lyrics of yours, George, is the lyrics in the song Mathematics. Can you, can you, uh, it's better that you say them as opposed to me. Can you, can you give us a, a, a line or two from that song? Um, I count the moments we're apart and add them up mathematically. And multiply them by the kisses. Supposedly I've been missing. Divided by the attention, not to mention the affection. Subtract that from your gross potential and see I ain't missing none. Because any percentage of you is as good as the whole pie. Any fraction thereof bring dividends of interest. I take the square root, I get boxed in every time. When I know the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. I'm going to go into you. No, I'm going to come into you two times and carry the fun over to where we equal one. Because any percentage of you is as good as the whole pie. Every itty-bitty kilo maker, gigabit and bite of it. In spite of it, you can count on me. Any percentage of you is as good as the whole pie. <laughs> <laughs> that, was one of, that was one of my songs I was trying to you know, do with Smokey used to do so well and the play on words with a, with a subject matter he did that so good and it rounded it off so many different ways that I, did, I worked on that song two or three different times I did it with the, on the um, to pour for my album with the leader Woods and myself then I did it with Ken, Kim Burrell who's one of the greatest gospel singers there is fantastic yeah. Now, um, I've got a question from somebody uh, from the internet, um, uh, fr uh, from a guy called Liam Grogan, and he's asking, with singles such as Get Lucky and Uptown Funk staying at the top of the charts for weeks on end, have you seen a resurgence of younger audiences at your live shows or buying early funk records as a result? Oh, yes. I mean, we've, we've been, we never, they never stopped with us. We just, you know, just a new record. Um, shake the gates and it's gone very well with the young kids that I end up having to bring my grandkids out on the road with me as part of the group because they sang on the record with me and Gary Siders the diaper man's son is with us so we found a whole new audience out there of young kids you know with the with all that music Pharrell you know he never stopped so all that stuff kept a lot of people right in the funk you know, domain. Hip-hop did it, you know. And so now it's actually a big rush of uh, regular musicians playing, you know, from a Kendrick Lamar new record, Snoop Dogg's new record. All of them is trying to get a funk band together. Love it. Now, tell us about your new book. Which, which music? 
No, the the new book that you'd, you the autobiography that you released last year. If you can tell us a little bit about that. Oh, the the album. I did. I did first of all, I did the book. You know, brothers, be your like George. Ain't that funkin' kind of hard on you? And that go along with that book. I did an album with thirty three songs on it. Called first, you gotta shake the gate. And both of them is like the history of my life with the book. And the songs on the album started 33 years ago, back after, right after we did um, Electric Spanking on War Babies. We haven't put out a Funkadelic record since then, but we had lots of Funkadelic songs that I was saving for the right time. You know, when you, know, when you get a, a promotion going or when something's happening other than fighting in court, and I felt that, okay, this is about the right time to do all of that. The mothership is going into the Smithsonian. You know, I got a record coming out with a few people, Ken- Kendrick Lamar, um, the one with um, uh, Rudimental. You know, so I got a lot of things happening all at the same time this year. So those 33 songs I saved up, I said, it's time to bring them out. Plus, well, it was only about. 12 or 13 over the years, but the rest of my new songs from the last year. You know, and then we got an album coming out, Chocolate City, here in London, being the new Chocolate City. We did a live album direct to disc that, that'll be out in a couple of weeks. So, so we got a lot of stuff going on right now, new music all over the place. Superb. And lastly, George, what can we expect on this upcoming UK tour? What songs are you going to give us? You're going to get a lot of the old, a lot of the new, and a lot of stuff that's not even out. Excellent. Listen, George, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you today. Best of luck with the UK tour coming up, and I will probably see you in Glasgow. Okay, then. First, you got to shake the gate. Okay. <laughs> Take care, man. Take care. What an amazing interview with George Clinton. Amazing. What you missed is Tony just admitting that she really likes the sound of her own voice. <laughs> oh, that never happened. It did happen. Prove it. <laughs> uh, well, that wasn't recording. <laughs> uh, how cool was that interview with George? Amazing, man. Amazing. What a guy. He's brilliant and he's influenced everybody and it was really cool. Thanks very much to George Clinton. Of course, he's playing Glasgow in April. Get yourself along. Tony's going. I am indeed. Can't wait. Yeah, actually, you should really go. I'm hoping to get a selfie with him, actually. You should go because the thing is, you'll know who you are now. Exactly. You know. You, you never know, Ross. You might get a wee intro as well. Forget <laughs> about him. Uh, sorry, Ross. I don't know who you are. Um, no, that's pretty cool. You should definitely go along, and everybody should go along if they're in Glasgow or indeed any of the plethora of dates that George has coming up in this worldwide tour. It's going to be amazing. It is. You're waving your hand there, Tony. I, I was. Just, I was just. In, I was just um, enthralled. expressing my enthusiasm for the word plethora. Plethora. Yeah. It's quite a good word. Oh, it's a good I word. find myself when I'm in this situation of recording these things using words. That was actually quite articulate really there. That was really good. I was. Know? I'm stealing that. You're going to use that? <laughs> I am. Tomorrow. <laughs> your social media, you're everywhere. Where can everybody find you? Um, I'm everywhere. Eh? Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Tony E Music. Tony with an I and an E Music. Uh, Instagram is Tony Etherson Music. Twitter, Tony Etherson Music. Do you ever remember that uh, advert, Tony from Tyler? Oh, is that uh, before Tony you? Tony from Tyler. Oh, aye. I am, yeah. 
did MD ever slag you off and yeah, because you had the same name for him? No. Yeah, no. Sometimes that's um, how I remember him. Trauma. Tony from Tala. <laughs> remember that? Because it was always behind the Coat Bridge Retail Park where we are situated. Well, we're not in the retail park, but it's we're pretty close. Yeah. Over, in our uh, studio that Small we record world. this from. See, we, we, when I said, yeah, come around and do this podcast, I'm sure you were expecting like a really extravagant studio and you just come around to my flat and we're sitting on a couch with headphones and mics. This is ideal, to be fair. This is like, um, well, everybody can, you know, say what they like, but Eminem's got a studio in his basement. Exactly. How good would it be to get to that stage, though, eh? when this does happen, when the album comes out? What's the album called? The Bright again? Side. The Bright Side. Uh, studio in the basement, is that the dream? That is the dream right there, man. I plan to have this little apartment, probably I'm going to buy an apartment in the West End or the East End. I'm not sure if Denison I quite like as well. Uh, what I'm looking for is a tenement. You know, I've got an idea in my head. I want to totally renovate the whole tenement and then just have one sort of room where it's just like the music cave and it's just like blacked out and I just go in there and make music and no one hassles me and I can just do it myself. Like, don't need to go to a studio or not. The music becomes such a huge success. Again, you've got your studio, you've got an endless pot of money. What would you do with that money? How does your life go from then on in? The dream. Um, actually, I'm a bit boring, to be fair. I don't really want extravagant things. I just want to be comfortable and for music to be my career. So um, I would, as I say, have a home studio. I would certainly, I'm going to invest in some property. I'm going to help my where? Um I don't really know where. I'm going to have to get some advice in terms of where I might buy some land. You know, I don't know. I hear it's quite a quite a intelligent thing to do if you want to invest and hopefully you know double your money in the future who knows i might get so you're looking to get on the property market i want to get on the property market i mean i don't know anything about it (laughs) if you're up for a collaboration if stevie nicks is listening if you're up for a collaboration if md's in the property um market well, if MD's a, a consultant in the property mm-hmm. market, please get in touch with Tony at all our social networking sites. Anyway, sorry, right? So you're going to invest in property. Invest what else? in property. That's just what I'm going to do initially. Just like to like just look after the pennies. I'll just invest a bit of property, and then I'm going to just jet off to like America somewhere, LA probably more than likely. I'm going to basically just collaborate with all these ama- amazing like massive artists and just be like totally writing songs for hundreds of people and just making so much music and just and just living the dream and be so tanned. And get a personal trainer. And that's it. How long do you think it'll take for this to happen? Um, realistic, Six months? No, I think realistically, I'm going to have to finish the album, let the album go out, and then, you know, maybe in about six to a year, six months to a year, you would, I mean, let me think, Ed Sheeran done X, right? And it kind of went global, right? In about a year. And look at him now. That's pretty Who's cool. Who's to say I couldn't be that guy? Somebody comes up to you and says, Tony, I really look up to you as a musician. I think you're fantastic. Can you give me just one piece of advice? What piece of advice would that, would you? Would it be um, never stop believing in your dream and your talent? Never lose sight of your goals? I'd tell you why I'm nearly laughing. Not that that's not a great thing because uh-huh. it just reminded me of the gig we've done. And I should tell you this story because I told it to somebody else and they were laughing. We did. We had a rehearsal and we did that gig as we mentioned earlier, which was in the record factory, and we rocked it, ladies we and gentlemen. Did. If anybody we was there. killed it, um, we'd all like to write our own reviews, wouldn't we? Yeah, we were brilliant. <laughs> anyway, so one before one of the, what's the song you've called? Just dreams. Is that called uh, just, just dreams? dreams right. Yeah. Okay. You. I was trying to get your attention because I've got notes. You know your songs inside out. I don't know your songs that well. I've got a terrible memory. It's blatantly obvious to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get your attention just to sort of say, 
get, how does this one go again? Just before you, and then you would turn around and say something along. Like, just I'm, I'm giving everybody an insight here as to how it all works. You know, the whole live music thing. Yeah. And I'm just trying to go, is this, uh, you know, I'm trying to ask some sort of question like him. Is it, is, is, do is we it go straight into the chorus? Does, is it, is it I, that kind of thing, that type of thing, right? Yeah. So I go to get your attention. So I just see on my, my set list, it says just dreams. So I go to get your attention. So then you, so uh, Tony, you're sort of like, this one's called just dreams, everybody. And, you know, just dreams, just remember that. Tony, because see in life, everybody, see when you're dreaming, just never give up on your dreams because mm-hmm. at the end I of the day. I have a speech that I say every time. It's like proper. Everybody's going, woo, total yeah, rah speech. It. And I'm like, Tony, you're like, yeah, because at the end of the day, and if regardless of how much you're beaten and down and you feel yeah. as if things just can't progress, just always remember, just keep believing. Tony, how does this one go? <laughs> and just remember. And this went on for ages and I'm like, oh, that. and no. then you started it and I was like, eh, but it was all fine. Yeah. Yeah, so that's obviously so just remember, a nice see the bit next of feedback gig. for me. <laughs> yeah. Remember, there's someone else on the stage with you. <laughs> so uh, give us that speech to everybody. Not exactly okay. how you done it, but what? But, tell us what the song is about. Um, just Dreams, the song in itself is about, um, well, I guess I had just moved to Australia when I wrote the song, which is what A lot happened in Australia. A lot, but it was, a, it was a game changer for me. I kind of changed it. It really put life into perspective for me. I was, for one, for, for that moment in time, put in a situation that was totally alien to me. I was on my own in a different country and I was really forced to sink or swim. And it made me think in a different way and see see life in a different way and social environments. And that's the first instance where I had the motivation for the song because I just seen a side of society that I had never really seen before. Australia, Perth, Australia particularly is very sort of um, behind the times in terms of how socially advanced it is and it's still quite a homophobic place it's still quite there, there was a lot of kind of um racial differences as well which i mean anyone who's lived there would agree um and i just wasn't used to that so initially i was thinking about society and how no one there's often people like no one wants to accept um you know change people are very close-minded and they can be you know if you tell them your dream is to be a singer um it's quite often that you'll be laughed at or you'll be sort of so it just was for me a moment in time when I realized there was a lot of negativity out there and I was just like okay I need to pull myself back together I can do this I was doing gigs everywhere and people were saying like what are you doing this for you know you could be um, going to uni like learning and whatever and I'm just like I'm doing it because I want to do it and this is my dream so that was the motivation behind it it's really just to push the message that you should never give up on your dreams just because of what someone else tells you like People, negative people always have a problem for every solution. So the message behind the song is never give up on your dreams, always believe, um, and you will make it happen. And that's it. That's all you need to know. Give us some of the favourite places to play in Glasgow. <laughs> the favourite venues I've played. Um, Pivo Pivo, which is now Katie O'Shea's. It's a great music venue. Well, it was. Um, the sound in there was ace. Um King Tuts is always a good one. People just like the banter in there. So it's always fun to get people along. Um, as I say, the record factory and the hill. The hill's a nice vibe because it's really, everyone's just chilling, eating, t- chatting and your sort of background music. So there's no pressure at all. Those are some of my favourites. Who would you like to play? Where would I want to play? In Glasgow? Anywhere. All right, okay. Um, I would like to fill out the hydro. 
<laughs> That'd be pretty cool. That's one of my goals. I believe in like the secret and like the law of attraction and you have to visualize in order to get the goals. So that I'm big on, I don't think that by wanting things, you're being a selfish person. You're just setting yourself up for your future really. So I will eventually play the hydro and I will tell myself that every day until I do it. Um, so yeah, that's that'd be a good one. Obviously, I would like to go and play South by Southwest as well, which is happening at the moment or just finished in Austin. I'd like to go to Nashville, um, play tea in the park. To play the tea break stage is a big thing that's always been in my mind as well because coming from Scotland and coming up through the ranks of the music scene here, it seems to be the done thing for any band as they progress on to do really well in the UK. So for me, it's a bit of a milestone. Whether or not it's necessity to be successful, I don't know. But for me, it's just a bit of a personal point, really. So tea break stage, maybe this is the year. And you've achieved one of your many dreams today by being on this podcast. Exactly. Well, that's ticked off the bucket list, to be fair. Excellent. Thanks very much. Um, Thanks for listening, man. Talk for Scotland, eh? I I wonder if there's any still listening to us. I know. You let me, you do rabbit on. anybody out there? (laughs) Anything else you want to say? Um, Just thanks so much for listening. Please keep in touch on my social medias. George, man, thank you. George and Clinton, he's George the man. George Clinton, you can collaborate you. with him. That maybe should that that was the, the reason that Tony didn't say George Clinton. I didn't want I to him him to think it was I was being so a fangirl. Obvious that that was the first protocol. I really didn't want him to think I was being a crazy fan, but obviously I am that girl. George Clinton, Jody Mitchell, everybody else, get in touch with Tony. Please, um, but that's your first port of call. Um, in fact, don't make it your first port of call. How cool is this, Tony? Bit of news for you, right? This is a bit of an exclusive. All right. I should have said this at the intro. Hopefully there'll be people still listening. ScottKiwi.com, when you go on there now, if you want to help support independent music, click on that donate button and you can, through PayPal, given that this podcast is a fan-supported and listener-supported podcast, you can invest emotionally and literally by donating some money through PayPal at this that's podcast. Amazing. Which is a fantastic opportunity for everybody to give me their money. Oh, that's amazing. Why you know, have I not done that yet? Because you haven't been on scottkibby.com over the last couple of days since I've set this thing up, but there's really? no stopping you now. Of course. Get your credit card at the ready. Invest, ladies and gentlemen. It can be on credit card. Like I said, it can be on PayPal. <laughs> but if you want to help support independent music, if you've got a couple of bucks in your pocket, don't go to one of Tony's gigs, first of all. Invest <laughs> that in my podcast. Because then <laughs> right, okay. we've got some production costs. Um, I've got this little recorder that we're recording this thing on. Mm-hmm. It's the same one, by the way, as Chris Jericho uses. He pointed oh, that out to me. But fantastic. I said to him... Love that Chris Jericho. He's great, isn't he? He's amazing. Um, he's got the same recorder as me, but I've got my eyes on this fancy new one that I was telling him about, and I'd quite like to buy that. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to... <laughs> Help the cause. Go on to scottkibby.com and donate. Tony's and of course picked you're up a running, running for your wallets and purses right now to do that. Make sure it happens, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks to Tony Etherson. Thanks to you to George Clinton. Scottkibby.com. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Listen to it on SoundCloud. Listen on Stitcher Radio. Rate, review, do what you want. Very special guest next week. You don't want to miss it. Tony. Thank you so much, guys. See you guys next week. Bye.